evil soap opera stars, dark synthesizer music, and a tactical space suit. We're talking about Invitation to Hell, and it was horrifying. Welcome to So Horrified, the show where we talk about scary movies that are horrifying for all the wrong reasons. We're your hosts, Sadie and Matt, and this week we're talking Invitation to Hell, the you better RSVP. Wes Craven TV made for TV movie. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most 80s things I've ever seen. Right. And came out like, it's not like his early career of like a, he's an unknown director. We're going to throw him this TV movie. This is him getting his stuff. Like, this is the same he had done year. done stuff already, yeah. Right. He had done stuff already. And this was the same year that... Nightmare on Elm Street. N- that's the word. Out. I kept just thinking Freddy. <laughs> that Nightmare on Elm Street came out. In fact, the posters for this say from the director of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. I was wondering if this was before or after. Yeah. But we will get to all of that. Okay. Sorry. Shortly. I was excited. Okay. You're right. Let's move on to something good. Something good. What uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'll start. So my something good is, you know, usually we do like a TV show or a movie or something, but uh, mine is different. (laughs) So this week I started homeschooling our daughter and her friend across the street. And this morning I was just, I got really excited. I had like a nerdy excitement, like teacher excitement moment where um, they were so they sat down and they did math flashcards for each other and they went through their their notebooks of the problems we had been going over for the week and they wrote them on their little flashcards. Our daughter's eight and her friend is nine. So they're in third grade. And um, they turned around and they were doing the flashcards and not only, you know, they had a couple problems that they had to stop and think about and count, you know, count out. But a lot of them they were able to remember. But not only that, but... Our daughter, two or three times, she turned to look at me and she goes, oh, I know the answer to this because it's using the strategy we talked about. I'm sorry. I couldn't hold it. It stays in. I was trying so hard to wait till the end of that sentence and it was not going to wait. No, it was just, it was very cute because, yeah, she turns and she's just all proud of herself. And she's like, oh, it's that strategy we talked about that nine plus nine equals eight. So that means 18 minus nine equals nine. (laughs) And then like another problem like that came up of like uh, 14 minus seven. She goes, oh, it's the same strategy. And it was just not only a moment of like, oh, my God, they're learning from the three days I've been teaching them, but also just hearing her talk about the strategy it it was adorable it was i was i was very excited um i haven't gotten to teach i mean i'm still not teaching in a classroom but i haven't gotten to teach in years just because of uh illnesses and disability and so it's been weird getting kind of back into things especially because i used to teach teenagers and these are not teenagers but that was just a really that was a warm and fuzzy moment I had this morning. Of That's adorable. Seeing that they're learning. Mine was a little more of our traditional. Okay. Life. What's the something I, good you I saw? I watched that Project Power movie on Netflix with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Jamie Foxx, where they oh, yeah? have like, superpowers from taking these 
these pill like the premise of it is when did you watch that i don't know the other morning oh when i was teaching the kids <laughs> when i was doing the school stuff okay but yeah like the premise is that there's these pills that if you take it you either just instantly explode or you get superpowers for like five minutes and so they're <laughs> <laughs> they are okay uh it's in New Orleans, and they're trying to like track down the source of this so they can stop people from taking it before it gets in the wrong hands and whatnot. It's you know, it's not gonna win any Oscars or anything, but it's better than a lot of like superhero movies that have come out. And you know, it's better than any of the Fantastic Four movies. Well, so, I mean, not a high bar, but no, no but it was <laughs> it was good. I liked it. I I you know made it all the way through. It kept my attention. Um, there's a like a 16 or 17 year old girl that's with them through the whole movie that's like their little sidekick and she was really good i can't remember the actress's name but i feel like she'll be in more stuff because she hmm. did really well interesting interesting so check it out cool it's beans, on Netflix cool beans. well i don't know now you already watched it without me so no i'm just kidding i watch stuff without you all the time <laughs> i wasn't talking to you i was talking to the sohos <laughs> that's right our sohos i love it so yeah cool beans sounds good frozen beans <laughs> <laughs> they're cooler than cool they're so cool they're frozen all right so um do you want to read us a little synopsis of this movie and then so yeah invitation to hell is in 1984 made for tv movie by wes craven about an emissary of the devil played by susan lucci wielding her influence over the members of a posh country club sweet so uh let's get into it <laughs> kick this puppy <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm just waiting for you to talk so I can sneeze really loud while you're in the middle of an important sentence. Uh, Turnabout would be fair play there, I suppose. (laughs) So I, I thought it was funny that one of the first things you see in this movie is that the place that they're going to is called Steaming Springs. Yeah. This was like, is this foreshadowing that this is going to be a steaming pile of shit? Well, and okay, I kept forgetting the name of this movie. So, which you know, because I asked you at least 10 times in the last two weeks, what movie are we watching again? I just, I don't know why. I could not remember. (laughs) So I forgot, like, when it opens and you see Susan Lucci, who, by the way, is freaking gorgeous. Like, I know she has a reputation of just being, like, beautiful. But, like, I've never really watched soap operas. And I've really only seen her in pictures, like, now. and stuff. Which right, she's yeah, still beautiful. But she's Lucci, when she was at, like, the height of her fame. Shit, yeah. She is gorgeous. Like, anyway. Yeah, she's all right. She, she's no Sadie. You little suck up. It's cute. I'll take it. <laughs> like, um, but... No, when she first comes out and the guy like hits her and she goes like under the car and then just kind of like pops back up. <laughs> like like somebody stepping on a shovel. Yes, like, exactly. It, it was really cool. I mean, I kn- not cool and like the, ooh, it was an amazing effect. It was cool because it made me giggle because it looked really bad, but I loved it. Yeah, when she came back up and just put her hand out and the window exploded and then this guy's face like, you know like he had looked at the Ark of the Covenant, you know, like his face melts off. Yeah. I thought, oh, she's a witch. This is going to be about witches or something. Because I kept forgetting that, oh, it's supposed to be about hell. Until like later on, I was like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be about hell. Well, and I I could be wrong. I could be misremembering, but... She never does that to anybody else in the nope. movie, does she? No. <laughs> I thought she was going to be around waiting for it. blowing motherfuckers up like left and right. Nah. 
We don't need that. Nope. When at like towards the end, Robert, is it Ulrich or Ulrich? Yurik. Oh, JK. So it's neither. It's no. Yurik. He, uh, when he's in the, you know, the spacesuit and, you know, setting fire to things and she's just walking fine. And I'm like, why doesn't she melt his face right now? Yeah. Like well, he opened a, his spacesuit. They make a so point I, towards the end where she's like, I can send your soul to hell. And he's like, I don't think you have any powers. I think you can only tempt people and, and influence them and stuff. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm but like, like but I saw you her blow a guy melted up. a face. <laughs> That's a really specific, like weird, cool power to have. Yeah. And yeah, she never uses well, it she, again. She apparently is, you know, can get run over by a car without incident too. Right. And then yeah, leave the driver like a pile of steam in a jacket. Right. Like, I don't know. There was a lot of weird stuff that they, I think. I feel like they expected you to just like fill in the blanks or to understand where they were going with it. But I did not fully understand different. I mean, even at the end, even knowing that this is supposed to be hell, I still was like, this just seems like it's some kind of like alternate dimension. Did you, did you not like, picture hell as being just like Earth, but a film negative? Right, exactly. <laughs> I did not. Not no. exactly the vision most people have of hell. Right. It's just like, everything's kind of blue and purple. Right. Yeah. No, it was it was weird. But let's, inst- I keep jumping to the end. But let's yeah. start at the beginning. Yeah. But not with the face melty part, because we already talked about that. No, but I will say that, like, the cast in this movie is pretty impressive for, like, an yeah. 80s movie. Like, you've got Susan Lucci, Robert Urich, who was, like, big back then. He did, like, Spencer for Hire and stuff like that. The little kid from NeverEnding Story, Bastion, is their son. Yeah. And fucking Punky Brewster is their daughter. Oh, okay. So, like, the yeah. yeah. I've never seen Damn. the mom in anything else. But, yeah, like, the no, rest I of the s- family's pretty stacked with people that were in stuff. I know I've seen her in something before. I just can't remember what. Oh, Matt and Pat. I love that the married couple's names were Matt and Pat. They made a choice to have uh-huh. their names rhyme for no real reason. Right. <laughs> it's not like they were like a real estate selling duo or something and they needed a snazzy name. They were just Matt and Pat. The wife was just kind of very blah to me. Like as soon as they get there, it seems like all she's interested in is getting fancier stuff and looking yeah, rich and all like this stuff the, like she's very which i'm like okay but she seems to be with this really down-to-earth guy and they talk about how they have apparently spent years of just you know yeah so they moved to this suburb in miami i think is where they said they were because he's gotten remember. some sort of new job but yeah they make all these references to how they were struggling with money a lot beforehand and that this is their big break and the wife is just, like, not good enough. Need the club, need everything to be different, need, you know? And this is before she gets, like, inducted right. into the, the hell club or whatever. She just, I don't know, I, I didn't like her that much Which, either. I mean, I guess that's supposed to be part of it, is that they're, like, that's how they're luring them in, is being, like, this is what you want, right? All this nice, fancy stuff. Isn't that what you want? And that, like, the other couple... Who like their friends who joined the club earlier, you know, they kind of play into that, too, where the wife is like, oh, it's a shame Matt doesn't want to join. Don't you like this new fancy car we just got, yeah. you know, to get the but I was just like, man, she just seems to fall for that really fast. But really, a quick second before we move on too fast from the beginning, I want to talk about how she walks into that kitchen and is like. Oh, this kitchen's so gorgeous. <laughs> it's fucking hideous. Well, okay. 
the f- one of the first things I noticed is how similar their cabinets look to our current cabinets. And I was like, oh God, it's a sign. We've got to fix our cabinets. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, we definitely need to upgrade. We don't have the terrible like Formica countertops. (laughs) That's true. In like the weird yellow. Yeah, no. Yellow. I mean, I guess it was gorgeous for the 80s. I don't, I don't know. In '84, I wasn't born yet, it so was brand new. I can tell you that because it was a right. very '80s. Oh, it was incredibly kitchen. '80s looking. Well, and I also thought it was funny that everybody in the family and in their like little circle of friends that's right around them just acts like having a condo in Miami is like the height of luxury. Mm-hmm. They're just like, "This is easy, Street Buddy. You've made it. You're finally here." And it's like. It's a, it's a decent place, but like, it's not like he won the lottery. He's right. got a pretty good job and a place to raise his family. And they're just like, it doesn't get any better than this, Matty boy, I tell you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it is a nice house and it's big, but yeah, it's, I, I also don't understand the place that where he worked. Why were they making a weaponized astronaut suit? I had a lot of questions about that, that suit. Like, yeah. First was they built it to send people to Venus. Is that what they said? Yeah, okay, they said that, I missed that. I understand for the plot of the movie because later he needs it to go into hell, and so it's got to be able to withstand temperatures. Right. But like NASA don't give a shit about Venus. Right. That's like, never been build a-, a suit to send somebody to the moon or to Mars or something. Yeah. But yeah. But yet, why did it need weapons? I, it that's had what all I these kept thinking. Guns and shit on the suit. It's like, are you expecting to find aliens on Venus? Right. That yeah. Like they're like, oh, it's going to be able to detect human and non-human entities and stuff. And I was just like, wait, I'm sorry. And to be fair, it did. It did. When he was that in the is party, true. Non-human. Non-human. <laughs> yeah. And like when it first, like when Susan Lucci first walks by it, it says non-human malignant. But then never says that again with the like when they're at the party. Yeah, it did. Yes. Yes. I thought it said like hostile or something. No, it said malignant because he walked by and it said like non-malignant or like, you know, human non. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's what it said. It was something like that. And then it was like, you know, she walked by and I remember it saying malignant because I my first thought was usually they say hostile, but okay. (laughs) But like. When he goes to the party, it just shows everyone non-human, non-human, non-human. But it doesn't say if they're malignant or not. How do we know? We don't know. Cannot detect demeanor. <laughs> Error. But no, yeah, that that threw me back. I was like, wait a second. You, you want us to just drop into this movie of we're making astronaut suits with weapons and the ability to detect human and non-human entities, but you're not really going to explain why? Yeah. Why they would be spending billions of dollars on this? Yeah, or like what this company is and why they have these rinky-dink offices, but they're building right. these multi-million dollar spacesuits. Right, yeah. Their offices did not seem that nice at all. Quite barren. It was yeah. just like, here's a desk and an empty room. Go to work, boy. <laughs> right. Like, and then they had a little warehouse where they would test the suit out and spray stuff with the f- fucking flamethrower yeah. that they attached to a spacesuit. It seemed very weird. And there seemed to be only like five people who worked there. <laughs> but yeah. like, 
Because you just see the same few people over and over again. And yeah. That's how they're able to pay them so much. They I got guess this, like, so. $50 million contract and they've got five people splitting the money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I don't know. It's very weird. And then, yeah, the first night when they get there and his friends, their whole family show up at the back door, like knocking at the back door at late at night and then jump out like in gorilla masks. And like, to, yeah. and I was like, I'm sorry, you're in Florida. People get shot for that kind of crap. <laughs> like, don't <laughs> They're gonna do that. Oh, God. Right? Like, that is not something you should be doing. Well, and they kept trying, like, I guess it was the kids hobby of was scaring the dad because they did it again when the little kid was spending the night and was like watching tv well and, and that gave him that creepy creepy smile but like that they did after they had gone like become members and taken their oath so they walk into like the big steamy room which we later find out they go into hell or whatever and she takes their souls away and or their bodies their I don't, goodness i don't really what understand what like. was happening like because they were they were still trapped behind that room and then there was another copy of them out living in the real world well because i think that was supposed to be like their souls were out in there yeah, and so they look like, like physically them picking up the kids and stuff at the end well baby he's there too so he they're you know it's a it's it works okay <laughs> yeah don't question works. that too much <laughs> like yeah. i think getting too deep into the logic of all of this they is were, probably a bad idea they were also contained there by a beam of light so you know like, <laughs> a little weird blue let's laser light be honest so like that i get but it just seemed like a very weird way to like welcome someone of the oh our friends just got here tonight Let's in a brand new neighborhood masks. and they don't know anybody and are probably feeling tired and weird and let's go knock on the door in the middle of the night and jump out and scream at them they like think they're gonna get murdered by right wouldn't that be hilarious by the, the big my from god Rage. right <laughs> Exactly. Give me your wife. <laughs> no. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. Well, and yeah, like, I don't know. That little boy seemed to just be like that one little boy, even before they went and like became members and crossed through or whatever, seemed to be a little shit oh, anyway. Little shit. I laughed really hard when he was playing the video game with the little kid with, with yeah. Bastion. And loses and then stands up and just spikes it on the ground like a football. <laughs> it was like, fuck this game. I have to be honest. I love that. When I was watching the movie, I was wondering what parts had made you laugh so incredibly loud, like out loud. I could hear you laughing in the living room, like at least twice. Yeah. And I, I, for the watching it, I couldn't figure out. The, what it was, was definitely one of them and then one of them was definitely the dad having to like fist fight his children at the end <laughs> i just thought that was completely ridiculous like he has to just get in like a knockdown drag out fight with like a nine-year-old boy and almost loses that would make you laugh it yeah. did yeah and he threw him in a closet my god <laughs> but yeah this movie frustrated me in that I kept imagining that there had to be more 
to it than just the obvious, no, it's just like this way to hell. Because they kept just like kind of almost like teasing all this stuff. Like they would play all this really eerie music for things that were not eerie at all. Like there's the shot towards the beginning where like she's playing the piano and then they slowly zoom in on her left hand showing her wedding ring sitting and her hands just resting on the piano. And I was like, what is eerie about that? I don't understand. Yes. And then like the secretary like locks a cabinet and, and is just sitting there and it's like doing that spooky music again and yeah. i was like i don't understand they, they really dropped the thread on that secretary lady they really do like, she apparently uh, like knew about the hell thing but was not part of it and i guess was wanting to warn him but then she gets fired and then he talks to her husband and then she gets killed and well, there's and really no justice for her i don't know if it was the hell thing that she knew or she just recognized that something weird was happening and yeah she had that that binder she wanted him to look at and that never came to light and yeah she just dies and it ends up being more about him and the veterinarian husband and the dog that the woman suddenly wants to get put down yeah <laughs> i don't know that was weird a lot of this was weird, for, for sure. That's fair. Well, and it takes a good while to get ramped up. Like it they takes spend a lot of time forever with the family. Just like come join the club, and then the dad says, "No, I don't want to join the club." And then somebody yeah. else tells him, "No, come join the club." And I don't want to join. The, the, that goes on for about forty-five minutes. Yeah, and that's it, so long. It took, and once they get to the end, and he starts doing stuff, I was back in. But man. They just about lost me in the middle. Yeah, no, I have to agree. Like, it was it was just so much of it of just everyone being like, we really want you to join. Join it. And him being like, no, you guys kind of well, creep was, me out. He was very resistant to it, but not for, like, much good reason. Like, I agree. None of the people in the club ever really did anything to him or his family to make him not trust them. He just didn't want to join and was adamant about it right like i felt this like that by the time like everyone was saying something about and being just really pushy i could understand being like no screw you guys i'm not joining your damn club stop asking me now i'm not joining out of spite like i mean i've gotten my way like pushy salespeople of being like you know what you bug me so much that now i'll never buy from you and i will tell everyone i know not to buy from you because that's just freaking annoying i'll never buy anything again <laughs> right <laughs> the possessions i have are the possessions i will die with <laughs> and then i'll be buried with them you know but the people from the club weren't that ominous but freaking susan lucci's hair her and hair was <laughs> something else that was ominous in a few scenes well and you know there was a towards the end when she like the big confrontation she's walking through this like fire yeah and i was just like that's a lot of hairspray and a lot of fire and that just seems ill-advised by this that's by another West one of Craven. her powers that <laughs> my hair is inflammable <laughs> yeah exactly i also thought it was funny that they they made a point of saying that this suit can withstand temperatures up to like 1800 degrees or something like that and then when he goes to hell and it does the temperature reading it's like 9000 degrees and i'm like well then you fuck the suit like what are you even doing (laughs) that's funny i also thought so when he first when he first discovers 
the door to hell because he's being led around right. the club and he kind of wanders off on his own. He touches it and burns his hand and then immediately is like, let me try that again. <laughs> touches it again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't want this idiot to win. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even smart enough to not touch that door again. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Freaking Tyrannosaurus Rex in Jurassic Park is smarter than that. They touch it in different places, not the same place. (laughs) Well, and the, the, so that security guy that like guards the door to hell all the time, the big hulking dude. So he can withstand the temperatures of hell because he's like sold his solar or he's some sort of I guess. minion because he comes in and out of there. But does he go in and out of it? I think yeah. he just stands in front of it. I feel like he goes in and out. I don't feel like I've seen him coming out of those doors. In all the times you've watched. In all the many times <laughs> that I've watched this movie, I've only seen him walking towards them to stand in front of them. This is my 15th rewatch, by the way. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I'm an old veteran. What are you doing? I'm trying to button my shirt. Why? No one's watching this. <laughs> Let me do things. It's just distracting. Well, I just keep seeing you over there like, woo! It, it came unbuttoned when I pulled on my shirt, so I was trying to button it back. But apparently, I'll just let my taco meat breathe. <laughs> Woo, taco meat. (laughs) I don't even know what that's supposed to describe. It's your chest hair. Have you never heard anybody call it that before? I have never in my life heard anyone refer to anything on their body as taco meat. Well, today's a big day for you then. (laughs) Starts chapter two of your life after you learned about taco meat. My ribs hurt. Why are you doing this to me? But Robert Yurick at one point kills somebody with, by like touching a little bit of electricity to a to a metal fence and just like completely zaps them. Oh yeah, they're touching the fence and then he takes like a light post or something. Yeah. It's like the guard, I think. And then he like puts it down yeah. onto it but so it's it like electric it's, it's a house lamp so it's like 220 volts like it would go like ow what the fuck was that but like it's not gonna kill a dude yeah. especially like a crazy demon security guard warrior um, no um yeah no i thought that was hilarious too it was um so are you telling me that that would not work? Because that was totally in my plans of like how to home alone this house should the apocalypse ever happen. Unless the properties of an aluminum fence are something <laughs> that I'm just not familiar with. I don't think that would kill you. Whatever electricity powers a light bulb is not going to be enough to like destroy a person. Okay, well. Or that's... an otherworldly being. Okay, or like a zombie. Unless it was the light of God. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then that's a demon's worst night. You don't even need oh, the fence. You just see, wave it at him. Maybe that's one of those unspoken things they want us to just understand about this movie. As apparently also just understand that this is supposed to be scary, even though it's not. Just, you know. <laughs> one thing if you that, imagine it to be scary, it will well, be. Another thing that I really liked was the... The choice to when the little girl is talking to him and she's using her demon voice yeah. to not just like dub over a scary demon voice, no. but to tell Punky Brewster to just be like, Daddy, we're going to kill you. <laughs> like, 
did. <laughs> that was another first, one of my laugh out loud moments like, was okay, hearing her voice. I do get that because that made me chuckle slightly. It was just very not menacing. It was no, just, well, and it I was sounded thinking, like she had a throat cold. Well, and I was thinking, I was like, I'm sorry. I feel like a lot of parents have had a kid, like a young child, throw a major tantrum and suddenly seem like a demon child. And it's like, this seems no more crazy than just a yeah. bad tantrum so you do what he did and you throw oh, him in the closet oh, okay. and you lock the door and then you oh my god knock his mom out please don't take our child away from <laughs> us he's full of shit it does take him i would say zero effort to save his family in the end like he yeah. gets the suit on and goes into the weird film negative hell world and then yeah finds his family in these beams of like laser light 80s laser light right and dry ice fog and just grabs him and leaves basically <laughs> like, right like he has to get he seems to have to get his wife out of the thing but apparently the way to do that is to love her because he just sits there and it's like i love you i love you and then all of a sudden Spell he can broken. get through the thing yeah and i was like what hell hath no fury like a husband's love <laughs> i guess and then the kids seem even easier and then once he's got them it's just boom everything's done we're back at home suddenly in our house and that club apparently exploded and has been on fire all night and her little bunny that she took apart piece by piece is fixed is like, oh was it yeah. i didn't even know she, there was a hell version of that that yeah, she was holding she on to a hell bunny that that'll be the sequel <laughs> the bunny starts like possessing yes. people yes because they've been waiting since 1984 to make a sequel to this movie they just needed the right idea and we just gave it to them <laughs> it's gonna be the bunny and the dog returning <laughs> my my final laugh out loud i love this moment was when he was searching for stuff on the computer with like complete compound sentences and he's like yes how many people have signed up to be Thank members you. of this club question mark and it just tells him 400 I and was how like, many of those have done this and that cross-reference this all one. It just does it all i was like what <laughs> i was having the same thought i was like you can't do that now pretty you sure fully that's not could not how do that, that on a like yeah apple two or whatever the fuck he was using <laughs> that's exactly what i think it was oh no wait maybe that's what they use in the goldbergs i don't remember now <laughs> but <laughs> it was something like that but yeah no i had the same thought i was like yeah pretty certain that's not how that worked <laughs> i remember having to punch in basically code into the computer to open like a game <laughs> well and what's funny is that you know there's an actual computer screen with this stuff on it so Somebody that works for this movie had to like program that computer to do those things and didn't feel the need to go to Wes Craven and be like, you know, computers can't do any of this right? shit, right? <laughs> this is or not how they work. Maybe they did, and Wes Craven was like, eh, they'll believe it. <laughs> Which one of us directed The Hills Have Eyes? You or me? <laughs> right, exactly. That's the other big one that he had already done. I forgot, was The Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, anyway. He had done, he had, yeah, he had already done Hills Have Eyes. He had already done Last House on the Left. Yes. And Nightmare Before Elm Street, and then was just like, I'm going to do I'm a primetime movie on ABC with that makes very little sense. And it's just not like I wouldn't even say that it's not like a horror movie. It's like a watered down like thriller, except it's not even really thrilling. No, like the very beginning scene 
and then a little bit at the end are like somewhat thrilling, I suppose. Yeah, but, but most of it's just ominous music. Yeah, the concept of like a a helper of the devil luring your family into hell and then replacing them with evil versions should be a lot richer than what no, we got. You know what I thought it was going to be like, and I was really excited to watch it, actually. I thought it was going to be like that episode of X-Files. One of my favorite episodes of X-Files, by the way. If you don't know, I'm a huge nerd and love X-Files so much. We named our cat Scully. Anyway, so it's the episode. It's like Mulder and Scully are like playing house because they go to the suburb where people who are moving in keep like disappearing. And basically, it's like there's like an HOA cult that if you don't abide by the rules of the HOA, the Homeowners um, Association, then you get viciously murdered by this beast that comes up out of the ground and like i would have much preferred that right and it's one of my favorite favorite episodes for many many reasons one being that i want Mulder and scully together and they were playing house and it was adorable another being that they were the petries rob and laura petrie like from uh land before time no like from the (laughs) dick van dyke show you go without petrie (laughs) like from the dick van dyke show those were their names and um so i thought that was adorable because i used to watch that all the time and then just the the plot was you know was good and interesting and that's what i thought this was going to be like and i was really excited for it and it's nothing like that it is far less interesting and twice as long I demand recompense, West I do. I do. I, I know you died many years ago. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> but I deserve something. Still. Yeah, no, I was highly disappointed. Yeah, let's just watch that X Files, like, X Files episode <laughs> twice instead. If you're, if you're in the mood for a scary, <laughs> weird neighborhood club thing, cults. Yeah. Thing. You can get through that one in less than an hour <laughs> Yeah. instead of this. There's also a really good one where they're cannibals. I like that one, too. Where, like, the neighborhood is, like, it's like the did whole town in that one. Did this X-Files podcast? It did. Let's do an X-Files podcast. I love this idea. <laughs> we can barely keep this one together. Well, let's talk about the episode with Seth Green and Jack Black. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, I'll just have to watch it later. But because <laughs> now you got me on, on an X-Files. now it's time for best and worst 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 we gotta come up with like a bunch of theme songs we got we need to do something good that's not just tell me something something good (laughs) yeah we we gotta officially make a sadie's rabbit hole yeah, yeah. I had a new tune to sing for you today, but now that I said that, I feel like I'm not going to remember what it was. Well, because I'm not remembering it right now. But anyway, we'll try. I'm sure, it was <laughs> we'll try it, and we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Okay, so if you're a longtime dedicated Soho listener, then you know that each week for best and worst, we switch off who does the best and who does the worst referring to the best and worst reviews we can find on the internet for the movie Invitation to Hell. I mean, for the movie every week, but you know, this one, it was Invitation to Hell. So this week, I am the best. (laughs) I mean, I'm always the best, but you know, reading the best reviews. (laughs) So this does not have a Rotten Tomatoes score, I guess. Oh, because probably because it was a TV movie. I guess no critics 
wrote anything about it? Only like three. Oh. And there have to be a certain. So, amount. and yeah. Okay. It has an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 23% and an IMDb score of 4.9 out of 10. So, IMDb user MM39 says Robert Urich was a fine actor and he makes this TV movie believable. I remember watching this film when I was 15, and when seeing it a second time, my opinion stays the same. People lose who they were when they enter this exclusive club in a computer-rich California town. Yurik tries to figure out what is wrong with his, with his family, and I love the Halloween spacesuit idea. Brilliant! This film is about the battle of one's spirit. TV quality that exceeds the big-budget stuff like Gangs of New York. What? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen Gangs of New York. The and weirdest I know movie this to compare this movie to. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I like to not read the reviews beforehand. I wonder if Robert Urich was really the compassionate man he portrayed in many of his movies. I hope so. Seven out of ten. All right, our next good review comes from D. Kovacs and is an Amazon review. Title being, This is an effing brilliant film. And they wrote out effing. Says, I'm sick of poor reviews by people who didn't know what they were getting into. While most would say that the scariest thing in this film is Susan Lucci with big hair and caked on makeup. If you can see through the cheese, this film is a theological masterpiece showing what is truly satanic and how to overcome it. Greed, envy, power, pride, selfishness, superficiality, lust, materialism, cruelty. These are the bedrock of Satan's country club. And the only way to overcome them is by self-emptying love, which sacrifices itself in the ultimate act of protective service. Hence, the descent into hell of Robert Urich in the cheesy spacesuit. The result? Resurrection to new life for all creation. Those who are barred from new life are only barred from it through their free choice. This would make a great remake. I found it profoundly satisfying. <laughs> So, All one right. person thinks it's Gangs of New York, and oh. one thinks that Robert Urich was Jesus. Right, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Interesting. Interesting. Not sure I got that, but interesting. I mean, it is better than Gangs of New York. <laughs> 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 it's better than Citizen Kane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our bad review comes courtesy of Scott Weinberg from eFilmCritic.com. He says... Every filmmaker who ends up well-respected started out somewhere less than amazing. Such is clearly the case where Wes Craven is concerned. This movie is the evidence. Lest you think I'm knocking the guy for directing TV movies early in his career, I'm not. What I'm knocking is Invitation to Hell, surely one of the stupidest films ever produced for any medium. True to its television leanings, the film offers a trio of network stalwarts, Robert Urich, Joanna Cassidy, and Susan Lucci. And like most genre efforts that spring from the networks, Invitation to Hell is cribbed from earlier, much better material. In this case, it's mainly the Stepford Wives. Yurik and Cassidy take their two moppets and move to the tawny new town so Daddy can work on his high-tech, top-secret computer research. Oh yeah, the kids are played by Barrett, the never-ending story Oliver, and Salil Moon, Punky Brewster Fry, which, as trivia, is more interesting than anything else that takes place on screen. While Pop is off working on his spaceship project, Mom and the Moppets find sanctuary in the club, which is less of a club and more of a gateway to hell, which steals the town's humans and replaces them with emotionless automatons. 
You get the picture. Cassidy and the kids get potted Yurik, with the help of a crafty old animal doctor, begins to unravel the truth. And there are frequent fade-outs for commercial breaks you only wish were included. And the whole thing ends up in some sort of silly tinfoil world where true love can defeat the evil spell or some such nonsense like that. Look, if made-for-TV movies from 1984 are your hobby, as insane as a hobby as that would be, then Invitation to Hell should probably belong in your collection. Other than being used as a time capsule back to a much sillier era, or something to laugh at incessantly, Invitation to Hell is every bit as torturous as the title implies. I'm sure there are at least five people out there who adore Wes Craven enough to purchase every movie he's ever done, which means this DVD should sell about five copies worldwide. Okay, but my only bone I have to pick with him is that he's insisting that it was bad because it was early in Wes Craven's career. But as we've already discussed, he had already done Last House on the Left. He had already done The Hills Have Eyes Part 1. He had already made uh, Nightmare Before Before Christmas is what I was going to say. Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Um, That would make a great crossover. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of would, though. Before Christmas on Elm Street. <laughs> like, yes, Skellington I'm down for that. <laughs> I am down for that. Let's make that happen. Somebody get Disney on the phone. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so I don't disagree with his critiques of it, but. <laughs> just that part. Yes. And that just put me on a, put a bad taste in my mouth right from the start of of the critique because i was like dude just imdb it man <laughs> like it would take five seconds man the lack of effort i know right i'm disappointed <laughs> that's all i'm saying I'm, we're not angry with you we're just, <laughs> just disappointed. disappointed all right so does that mean we're ready for sadie's rabbit hole sadie's mm. rabbit hole yeah mm, i like the Don't- original Look at me like that. How dare you? You wanted something new, so I gave you something new. (laughs) You can have it back. (laughs) (laughs) That was too mean. I'm sorry. (laughs) I crossed a line. (laughs) The line is a dot to you. Okay. Anyway. So, because this movie came out so long ago, and it happened to just have a lot of actors that did a lot of great stuff, I, you know, I don't have a lot of trivia about the movie itself and the filming, other than it was like an ABC movie of the week, and the whole premise of why they started to do this one is because it was in Susan Lucci's contract that she was going to get to do like three movies of week of the week of a year or something. And so, I don't know, somehow this script got attached to it <laughs> we got to get this shit off the books let's film right. whatever script we have laying around <laughs> right exactly but i have some interesting stuff about different cast members okay so robert urich we'll start with matt because he's the you know main guy um so he actually holds the record for having the most roles as a series regular on tv um having been uh, a series regular on 13 different shows. Each? Yeah. I only know one. Which one do you know? Spencer for Hire. Oh, that's not even one of the ones I listed, oh, but well, I haven't seen like any of them, to yeah. be fair. But um, I don't know why I know that. I, I don't, I didn't like watch that show regularly. Yeah. That's just one of those that random was one things of them. that I, I know he was on that show. Yeah, that was one. Um, he was on like a 1970 something version of SWAT. Uh, a show called Soap. Um, so he was th- the original Shamar Moore? I guess so. But funny story, Shamar Moore comes back up in our trivia later. Uh-oh. I know. But this is like a, you know, just a few of them. 
Um, Soap, Vegas, American Dreamer, Love Boat, The Next Wave, and Emerald. Some show with like, you know, the the cook. Yeah. The Yeah. He had some show in 2000 or something that he was starting. And weird. Yeah. I haven't seen any of these things. <laughs> like a scripted but show? I, yeah. I, I don't know. I've never seen it. It was on IMDb, man. Fight crime with cooking. I mean, it was about him being a cook. I don't know. Oh. I don't know anything else about it. <laughs> All the other ones were cop shows. I literally just the saw the picture. <laughs> like, okay. I didn't go that deep of a dive into that. In April of 2000, Robert Urich sued Castle Rock Television because he claimed that they canceled his show, the I think it was The Lazarus Man, in 96 um, after he had been diagnosed with cancer. He claims that that's why they canceled it, is that he was diagnosed with cancer, uh, with cancer and they refused to pick it up for a season two. And also that said that like they never paid him any of the money for the work he did do Eek. yeah and so um they What's ended up, up rob reiner why did you do that <laughs> oh is that who that is he's one of the people that owns castle rock I think. oh i didn't know that or started it at least yeah but they ended up settling out of court um joanna cassidy the wife pat um has actually been in a ton of stuff yeah two of her most well-known things i guess is um i don't know if i'm gonna say this right zora from Blade Runner, uh, replicant okay, snake yeah, yeah, performer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and Dolores in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who I don't remember who Dolores is. I it, was that the, his the wife? Like, that wife. Was that's what I was thinking. Patty cake with the, the right. You know what I mean? Like that's the, what I was thinking too. I was trying to remember back, and I was like, I feel like that. That's all I can think of who Dolores yeah, might have been. There were scant few human characters right. in that movie, so yeah. So that's what I think is it was Bob Hoskins' like wife or ex-wife or whatever. Oh, no. No, I think she was the wife of the studio guy that was sleeping with Jessica Rabbit. Right, right, right. Investigation. She's the one that came to Bob Hoskins. Right. And, yeah, yes. I guess. <laughs> Maybe. I'm we'll stating see. this definitively, but I can't really remember who she was. She was also supposed to uh, originally slated to play Wonder Woman in the 1975 TV series um, until they ultimately someone came in and was like i think it was like the director demanded it was like no linda carter is going to play this role we've got to have her after they had already like told her she had the role oh, yeah funny. i know i was like that sucks well and then she also was cast in stepford wives the 70s movie not the nicole kidman remake as the feminist character bobby i can't think of her last name but bobby whatever um and even filmed a few scenes but the producer didn't like her and demanded that she be replaced damn and so she lost that job yeah the direct like there was something i was and it was like the writer slash director was like yeah i really liked her i thought she was doing a great job but you know the producer came in and it ultimately it was his choice to recast and there's nothing i could do you know and so it the role ended up going to paula prentice Susan Lucci, who played Jessica Jones, which, by the way, how did we not talk about how her name her is name Jessica, is Jessica Jones? Jones? When they Jessica! did, when they first said it, I started laughing. I was like, "That's kind of cool." I mean, I know this was before, but like, although the comic character might have existed already, but I don't think I it don't was know. like a big deal at that point. Yeah, you know me. I I didn't. The only comics I really read growing up was Archie comics and Garfield. Um, <laughs> 
I didn't read anything in 1984 because I was still a Well, that's true. (laughs) Still. Me too. Anyway, um, so she's best known for playing Erica Kane on the soap All My Children. When she was 23 is when she actually auditioned for and landed that role in 1969. And then the show, I guess the pilot got picked up or whatever and started in 1970 and she stayed on all the way through 2011 and in total she was in over 15,000 episodes no jk 1500 episodes that makes well i mean for 50 years 15,000 might for 50 years 69 to might be 40 years yeah no what I I, re- I I said it wrong. Okay. <laughs> it's written down as 1,500. I just said it incorrectly. Well. But she was in more episodes than any of the other actors listed right. on IMDb. Yeah, no, she was like a TV, like, staple for a long time. Yeah. And in fact, this is when Shamar Moore comes back in. She had been nominated for 19 daytime Emmys until finally in 1999, she won one. Shamar Moore was the presenter at that, you know, ceremony award show, whatever. And he said, oh, I guess the streak has been broken before reading her name. And then she received a four minute standing ovation, which is cool. I also thought it was neat that she has been married to her husband um, since around like she met her husband and started dating around the same time that she got the pilot. So they've been together for like 51 years. And his name is Helmut. (laughs) Helmut Huber. Um, I was like, okay, well, good for her. And Helmut. (laughs) I'm going to not say his name correctly, but Joe Regalbuto, who played Tom, the friend. Uh-huh. There wasn't that much interesting to write about him, but I had to include him because he and I have the same alma mater. Ooh. He went, he attended the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in 1970 or class of 1970, although it did not specify whether that was Hollywood or New York. And I cannot remember when Hollywood opened up their campus. If it was, it was either the 70s or the 80s, but he attended the school. <laughs> So it still counts. But he also played the same character of Frank Fontana on three different shows. Murphy Brown, Inc. and Family Guy. Oh, that is the guy from Murphy Brown. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, I bet that's exactly what I remember him from. Because I used to watch Murphy Brown as a kid. Okay, this is the one when I was reading stuff yesterday, I got excited about and was like, you're probably not going to be as excited as I am for this, but I found it interesting. So Mary, the woman who played his Tom's wife, is Patty McCormick, who played Rhoda, the little pigtailed tap dancing murderess of the bad seed in 1956 (laughs) that's the bad seed girl girl. i always tell my friends i have the nicest mommy i have the prettiest mommy man that movie used to creep me the fuck out (laughs) that was the uh my psychology teacher in high school that was her go-to like i don't want to teach today we're just gonna watch (laughs) the bad seed i loved like you know in a time like when i was a kid i didn't watch too many scary movies because i got scared too easily but that was one that for some i just really i liked what i mean i guess because it was like scary but it wasn't like super gory and there weren't like jump scares because i hated those the most but i used to watch the crap out of that movie did you did you enjoy the macaulay culkin version the what was the, the good, good son time? that one is actually really good yeah 
I think they Elijah Wood. I feel like in the nineties they did a remake of the like an actual the bad seed remake that I did not like. I don't even really remember it now. And she was in a like the bad seed two type movie, or it was supposed. I don't know. The IMDb page had nothing, literally nothing on it, but it was on her like in her credits of some kind of movie that was supposed to be her when she was all grown up and she was like her daughter was like 12 which is about the age Rhoda's supposed to be um Patty McCormick herself was 11 when they um when they filmed it it's supposed to be her and she's like I guess starting to murder people that uh, so it runs it's it's no 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 it, Patty McCormick oh the mom starts is, to murder yeah her? is friends of her daughter who like she's getting bullied. bullied or something or like a kid who she doesn't like like in competition you know she's like that cheerleading mom or whatever kind of thing and i was like oh snap but she also she was nominated for nominated for an academy award for that movie um the bad seed and is still one of hollywood's youngest uh nominees for the category also just a few other little things um these aren't as I mean, these are just small little, did you know this is the person who did this? Um, so the the guy, the veterinarian guy in Home Alone, he is in Home Alone. If you remember when the mom is trying to get a plane back from Paris to um, Chicago and there's that old couple and she's trying to get the wife to like buy her or she's like i'll give you my earrings i'll give you my watch i'll give you you know anything he's the husband of that wife who's like no 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 we we let's go we have to get on the plane yeah and then finally yeah <laughs> so just a little tie in it looks there. like he would have just been wilford brimley stand in and everything <laughs> <laughs> no um, but yeah he does kind of then um little punky brewster the Soleil, I don't know if it's Soleil or if it's like Soleil, Moonfry. So she was Punky Brewster. She also was Mean Girl Paige in the TV show Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Like her bully that she didn't get. Yeah, I didn't realize that. So you might realize this next one because I didn't realize this either. You know, in Friends, when Joey dates the girl. The girl that punches him? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you knew that already. Yeah. Okay, I didn't. When I saw that, I was like, oh my God she's the girl who punches him yes who he's like it hurts and she's like oh you're so funny making fun of me yeah i didn't know that that was her shit that's the voice she uses and that is kind of her demon voice from this movie (laughs) a little bit yeah so then also uh last one barrett oliver who you know you already brought up a few times is bastion from never-ending story say my name he was also in cocoon yeah and cocoon the return and speaking of wilford Brimley, whatever yeah (laughs) he's worked with a lot of old pistachio gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) he was in frankenweenie and um the like 80s version of the secret garden which admittedly i did not watch as much as the 90s version of the secret garden i was gonna say i was like i don't remember him but no but he was yeah the 90s he was my favorite character of dickon and don't just don't you know they're making that again i swear if you is this a joke no they're making that movie i expected you to make some kind of joke joke about about dickon yes that's what I was saying, don't to. I held my tongue. <laughs> I had like three of them ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, no, I definitely watched the crap out of the 90s version. My and- sister used to watch it like daily for years. Oh, my. I had this old like and my mom for years used to say I would get it in her will. And then I think she lost it or something. I don't know. But it was this like it looked like a gold like candlestick thing. And I had this like white nightgown that i would put on and walk around with the old candlestick and pretend (laughs) yes she's like well i mean at that age my hair was definitely very frizzy already so um but yeah he hasn't acted in anything since like 1991 or something and um he now teaches photography in la Hmm. So I thought that was interesting, too. I'm sure if I like went into other cast people and, of course, Wes Craven surely has tons of interesting trivia on him. But I was trying to hit some of the ones that I thought would be less well known. I'm disappointed you already knew the Punky Brewster one. I thought that would blow your mind. (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) Um, That's all I have for you. Sorry. You were looking at me like you expected more. But. I forgot to tell you I was done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh one of the reviews that I was reading said that they mentioned the thing about how this was in Susan Lucci's contract mm. and that apparently like the idea was this we're going to write this movie to get her an Emmy. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. She'd, you know, she'd been nominated for the daytime ones and they wanted to get her nominated for like a primetime Emmy and <laughs> they were like this is the one that's going to do it. Oh my god. No. Spoiler alert, she was not nominated. <laughs> right. No. This did not win her an Emmy. So I guess it's time to put a rating on this thing? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So what will be our unit? Do you have suggestions? Um, I do. I have two suggestions. I don't know how great they are, but I have two. Um, one was Bad Hair Days Okay. in honor of Susan Lucci's hair. Um, the other was non-human malignance <laughs> um, in honor of, you know, all the non-human yeah. malignance in the movie. We, we classify all people as tumors. In this. <laughs> um, what about you? Do you have any? I had devil children. You know, I almost wrote demon children. Oh. I had a little slightly different spin on it, but yeah. Yeah. I do kind of like the non-human malignance. I like that one, too. I like that one, too. All right. So I gave it four and a half out of five non-human malignants. (laughs) Um, Almost five out of five material, like, so ridiculous that you have to watch it. Yeah. I think if the first half to two-thirds of it wasn't so slow and just, like, family drama yeah then it probably would have been that but it doesn't get real crazy till the last you know 20 or 30 minutes and so that's what kept it from getting a a solid five out of five on the ridiculousness scale yeah it definitely had a few moments that i was like oh great this is going to be just ridiculously fun like the very opening Uh, yeah i was like this is going to be amazing yeah i was hooked i'm down yeah yeah, they lost me hard i was like this is going to be the best movie so I went a different way with it. Okay. <laughs> I said like a 2.5 to 3 because if it had been classified as like a drama, like other than, you know, where it would take a sharp turn at the end to being like, this isn't quite a drama, you know, but like if I had been expecting more of a drama, I'd be like, okay, I can kind of get that. Or if it had been shot with the idea of being a drama, it has... 
a great cast an amazing director sweet, like sweet score um you know it had potential for some good stuff but yeah it was just it was so dull yeah well and to be marketed as like a horror scary movie right didn't really have any scares no it was barely i barely would have considered it a thriller yeah like but barely and that's why i'm like if they just went in full tilt and was like this is a drama and just made it all a family drama i mean i probably still wouldn't have watched it because i don't watch a lot of those but... you don't watch made for tv 80s family dramas on the regular not the, not usually no um you're missing out <laughs> you should listen to my other podcast where i talk about <laughs> So you've got a 1980s t- made-for-TV family drama podcast, and yes. I'm working on my X-Files we one s- we started with Kumail. With, uh, I'll do it with Kumail Nanjiani. What's Is that the, his last name? No. Right? No. What a... Nanjiani? Nanjiami. No. no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel so bad. You should. It's super racist what you're doing Oh, right my now. God. Baby, no. <laughs> Stop. Okay, say it again. Nanjiani? Yeah. Nanjiani. Okay, I know I I used to know it really well because we used to listen to his pieces a lot. Like, I don't know. So I'd see his name more regularly. And then I was like, wait, I haven't seen his name in a while. Am I making up a last name or is that really his last name? Now I feel really why, bad. Why did you choose him as your co-host? Because he has an X-Files one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you were just... Naming people that you'd like to have a show with more than me. <laughs> he's top of my list. And, I mean, he, and he's all ripped now? I'm not, <laughs> no, I liked him better as like just all geeky and nerdy. I mean, not to body shame. You know, whatever your body is. is, is lovely. And yes, you can be a geek with whatever body you have. I don't want to... You've just dug yourself in a hole. I know. His I'm like are gonna be sweating all over, over here. I'm feeling so guilty. I'm, I, if it makes you feel better, he will never listen to this. No, but it makes me feel guilty about everyone who will listen. And like, I'm going to cry myself to sleep because they're going to think I'm a bad person now. Well, that, Did, that Did that get dark? Did that get dark? I'm going to go light up the cigarette lighter in the car and put it out on my arm (laughs) to make myself feel better. No, I'm sorry. I just feel so bad that I I pride myself on... Well, no, I don't pride myself on pronouncing names correctly, obviously, because I pronounce a lot of names we say in this show incorrectly. But, like, once I learn how to say a name correctly, I try really hard to keep saying it correctly. Because it's rude to just, you know, be like, oh, I'm never going to know how to say that name. You know, I'm just never going to say it. Um, Do you have an alternate title? Um, I do. Uh, It was... I'm very proud of this, and you're not going to get it. But my, (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't like that as the start. My alternate title was Lucci, daughter of the devil, because there was a cartoon with John Benjamin called Lucy, daughter of the devil. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Excuse me, All sir. Like, how dare you say I won't get this? I was like, well, I know you've never seen that show, so. <laughs> 
Yeah, if you say like you won't get the reference, but if you're like you won't get this, it makes <laughs> this is it sound fly right over your it head. It makes it sound like yeah, like you're not smart enough for this. <laughs> Just women in comedy don't mix. Oh my god, <laughs> no! But by the way, I'm sorry. I know we're almost done here, and but I'm also a little annoyed that we never talked about the like sexism in the movie, but particularly, particularly. And the, towards the very beginning, when the little girl's in the car and she is like, mommy, daddy, whatever my brother's name is, said Bastion. girls, yeah, said girls can't do computers. And they're just like, oh, don't let him bother. No, I can't remember what it was, but they were like, basically saying something, but not, not addressing the like, girls can do whatever they want to, honey. Of course, you can like computers if you want to. It was very much of just a, he's wrong for trying to piss you off, but he's kind of right, yeah. sweetie. <laughs> like, cannot do computers. I was like, hey, now, hey, now. So my alternate title is Life of the Rich and Horrible. All right. <sighs> I need you to like my stuff, I say more. <laughs> Lifestyles of the rich and Satan. Lifestyles of the rich and heinous. Satanist. Oh, I like that. Lifestyles of the rich and heinous. Yes, I like that one. See? We should have called it that. <laughs> together with our forces combined. <laughs> we'll make a good title. Yes, I like that one. Lifestyles of the rich and heinous. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I really like that. We should call them and be like, you need to change your title. I'm going to mock up a movie poster for this <laughs> real quick with that. I do. I like it. But yeah, because I felt like there was definitely a pervasive message of like, you know, money and power corrupt. Corrupted by the devil. Yeah. I mean. He ain't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was a Christ parable, but I, <laughs> but I do think that they were correct that money is evil. So is that going to wrap things up for Invitation to Hell? Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else to say. Damn right you don't. Shut right, up. So <laughs> join us next time when we will be discussing the 1977 cult film. I was going to sure. say classic. Deathbed, the bed that eats. Oh, it's just the bed that eats? It's not the bed that eats people? No. Oh, well, not. my source was incorrect then. Well, that's okay. And this was a suggestion that came to us from the Streaming Thoughts podcast on Twitter. And we will be joined by Josh from our friends over at Four Nerds by Nerds. Yes, another Yay! Guest. Look at us moving on up. <laughs> And we're excited. Josh is a good guy. So that'll be yeah. fun. And so for the synopsis of this movie, instead of me reading what is written on Amazon or IMDb, we will let America's sweetheart, Patton Oswalt, <laughs> tell you what this movie is about. It was made in 1977. They never released it. It just now got put out on DVD this year, and it's called Deathbed, The Bed That Eats People. I'm not making, go IMDB this. This is a real movie. Deathbed, the bed that eats people. And it's about a bed that's evil and it eats people. That's the whole movie. And the backstory is, is like the 1500s. There's a demon. The guy kills the demon with the sword. The demon's blood gets on the bed. Now the bed's possessed. Go to present day, 77. When people fuck on the bed, the bed kills them because it's evil. That's the, that's the fucking plot. And so, uh, yeah, let's take a listen to a clip 
from Deathbed. Where have you been? We've been looking all over for you. I've just been here, reading by the fire like I said I would. What have you been reading that we couldn't find you? A book of dead people. I'm in it, and you are too. See for yourself? I'm not in here. There's nothing in here. But you are. Look into the fire. You can see yourself in there. It's a book of dead people. See for yourself? I'm in it, and you are too. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Woohoo! So, uh, yeah, join us next time with... Josh! What? I thought you were going to keep talking after that. You just, Josh! Well, because you were just looking at me. Shut up! From Four Nerds by Nerds. There you go. Uh, But yeah, until then... uh, Stay safe. Stay safe. Have a great couple of weeks. And uh, go follow us on Twitter or something. Yeah, and if you haven't left us any reviews yet um head on over to apple podcasts or Podchaser, or i'm not sure which other ones you can leave reviews on facebook page um and you know tell us how much you love us because yeah. we want to know yeah keep the suggestions <laughs> and stuff coming yeah keep this we've got a good list growing so yeah keep them coming and don't sleep in any deathbeds 